If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Have you ever been asked the question, what you want to do with your life? Have any of you, raise your hand if you've ever been asked that question, what you want to do with your life? You know, maybe it was by your parents. Uh, maybe it was by, um, you know, uh, uh, your, your, your uncle or, or your aunt or your grandparents. Um, I'm sure young adults, uh, you've been asked this question before. Uh, if you're a teenager here, be prepared uh, to get asked that question uh, because uh, it is going to happen for you. What do you want to do with your life? This question has been answered with so many different, by so many different choices. I want to be a doctor. I want to be, I want to be an athlete. Maybe this question was answered with, I want to go to this university or this college. Then there are those who don't know quite what to say when asked that question. And so they give the answer of, I just want to make a difference. How many of you ever been stumped with not knowing how to answer it? And so you just say, I want to just make a difference. Not really knowing how to do that. What are the steps involved in making a difference in others' lives or in this world? But I want to look at today, because although, you know, it's an excellent desire, do we have the steps to make that reality. Do you know how to get to that point in your life where you know that you are making a difference? Because like I said, it's good to have goals and ambitions, but we need to know how to get there as well. So let's look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. I'm going to read from the Amplified translation this morning, and it says, For we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works. How many of you are ready to be used by God for good works? Thank you, Jesus says, which God has prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. I titled this message this morning, Made to Make a Difference. Turn to your neighbor in town this morning. You were made to make a difference. I want to first look at one of these steps in making a difference in your life and not, 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 not just your life being a difference, making a difference for others, uh, making a difference for those around you, making a difference in this world. We're going to look at some steps this morning on how to make that possible in our lives. Number one we're going to look at is understanding your worth. Ask your neighbor this question, do you understand your worth? 
See, if you are to make a difference in those lives and around you and in this world, you must understand that not only are you valuable, but you are also capable. David writes this in Psalm 139 verse 14. He says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. See, I believe David understood the value of his life. Why? Because he knew and understood who created him. And he, because he knew who created him and he knows who God is, he knows that God does not make, that God does not make mistakes. He knows that everything God allows and creates is for a purpose. You see, David understood this, and so he can say these words and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How many of you can say that about your life each morning when you wake up? Or do you look in the mirror and say, oh my goodness, what a mess you are. How come you can't be like so-and-so? How come you can't look like, like, the, like the actors or actresses on TV? Because God made you to look just as you look today for a reason. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you look good. <laughs> Someone needs some encouraging this morning. <laughs> See, you were created and designed by God. Designed by God. The Lord told Jeremiah, he says, Jeremiah, I have great plans for you. He says, Jeremiah, they are plans of success and not failure. He says, Jeremiah, they are plans to give you hope and a future. See, these are words from the Lord. These are words from God. If someone tells you something different, you don't listen to that. You tune that out. Why? Because God says, I have purpose for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, uh, maybe, maybe your mindset right now. God says, I still have a purpose for you. I still have a plan for you. I can still use you for good works. But it's up to us to receive it and believe it. See, the next time that you think you can't do something, remember that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. See, not only are you valuable, but you are capable in Christ. You can encourage those around you, can't you? It doesn't matter what you're going through. You can encourage someone else, but you need to make that choice to do so. You can be a blessing to someone in need. We could always be a blessing to someone in need. We always have something to give. Who is your father? Your father is God. You always have something to give. You see, God is always doing great things. Many times our perspective is so marred that we can't, that we can't see clearly because of circumstances. And God says, no, I'm still doing great things in your life. It's just a matter of perspective. You need to see it. See, but you must not only... Understand your worth in the eyes of God, but understand in this church, you have purpose.
in this church, you must find your place. I remember when we were setting up for the outdoor church services. Outside, as you see all the canopies set up, they didn't, they didn't magically set up themselves. You know, we, you know, Pastor Richard didn't snap his fingers and then all of a sudden everything was as you see it right now. It took, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of, a lot of, uh, 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 a lot of individuals working together to make it happen. And I, I remember someone that I was speaking to when we were doing that and it was, it was all set up. They said, wow. They said, last time uh, we had like more than twice the help and it took us two days to do what we just did in two hours. And I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's the power of God. That's the supernatural. You see, because when we were doing the work, we didn't really understand that we were working in the supernatural. But this is what God does when we have unity. And this is what God can do in our lives when we work together. And all I can say is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us to work together. Because that's what, that's what you have called us to do. So you must find your place. I think of, I think of those sports fans who carry those, those individual letter signs, those letter boards, and, and, and they use it to spell something out. But how many know that if one person is in the wrong place, it's not going to go as planned, right? You're trying to spell something out, and if, and if the E is where the A should be, it's going to spell something different, right? You know, you can have, you can have, you know, them trying to spell a, a go team, and then, and then it ends up spelling, you know, go meet, you know, M-E-A-T. And you're like, what does that even mean? Well, someone wasn't in the right place. There was a couple people who weren't listening, I'm sure we've seen that before on TV. See, it's important to be where God has called you to be. It's important to remain where God has called you to remain. See, this is God's calling upon your life. This is God's calling upon your life. This isn't man. This is God calling you. And you only move when God calls you. Amen? Romans 12, verse 4 through 5 says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. See, the enemy doesn't want you to find your place in the house of God. I don't, I don't think he minds much people walking through these doors, but I think he minds when people are trying to get connected. I think his strategy is not to keep them from walking in, but to keep them from getting grounded, but to keep them from finding their true purpose. I think that is his strategy. See, anybody can walk in and walk straight out. But someone who walks in because they are searching, 
Because, because they were, they were, they were compelled to come through these doors, uh, because they heard about Jesus Christ and they heard last week's message online. And so they said, you know what? I need to be here. I need to be here in person because there is something for me there. There was a, there was a, there was a living God, uh, who, who loves me and I know he loves me and I felt it and I felt the, the, the compassion upon my life, even though I'm not living according to God. God's word, I felt the love of God and it has compelled me, it has compelled me to walk through and to get involved. Why is that a strategy? Because he doesn't want you to be used by God. Like I mentioned, he doesn't mind you walking in and walking out, but don't be used by God. No, because why? Because he understands the power many times even better than we do. He's actually seen it in action. See, it's great that you attend church here, but God wants you to find your place here. He wants you to find your place. See, finding your place brings self-worth. Knowing that you are valuable knowing that you are needed, knowing that you are loved. It brings self-worth for you and I. Finding your place also brings fulfillment. The investment that you are making in someone else's life, as the Bible says, it is better to give than to receive. That's that fulfillment in doing God's work. That's that satisfaction that only God can feel in your life. That many times we try to search in other places or avenues. See, we were put on earth to make a contribution. We weren't created just to eat, sleep, breathe, and eat, or to work, take up some space. No, God designed you to make a difference in your life and in someone else's. Paul says in Ephesians 2.10, God has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. What are these good deeds that Paul talks about? Uh, it is your acts of service. It's exactly what it is. Whenever you serve others in any way, you are actually serving God and fulfilling your purpose. It's through serving. You may think, wow, what do you mean? That, that sounds so easy. That's exactly how easy it is. Just serve someone. See someone in need and you, and you are able to fill that need. You are fulfilling your purpose. The Apostle John writes in 1 John 3, verse 14, he says, our love for each other proves that we have gone from death to life. So what does that mean? That means that our loving service to others proves that we are followers of Christ. Amen? He says that we have gone from death to life. That means that we have been reborn. We are a changed person. Before it was all about self and God changed you and, and focused now your attention on others. Amen? See, if you have no love for others, no desire to serve others, 
and you're only concerned about your needs, then I would question whether Christ is actually in your heart. Because, because if that's me and I say, you know what? I don't want to help anyone. No way. I don't have time to do that. Do you understand how busy my life is? I mean, I have, I have a full-time job. I have four kids. I have all these things going on. Do you know what can happen with four kids? Nothing is ever quiet. I can say, you know what? Forget everyone else. Well, not say forget everyone else, but say, I don't have time for everyone else. Not that I'm being mean, but I'm just saying, I don't think I have time in my busy schedule to help anyone else out. And I can do that. But is that showing God's love? Is that a reflection of a heart like Jesus Christ? See, it doesn't matter what's taking place in your life, church. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Know that God is faithful. Know that he loves you, but you need to encourage someone else. You need, to, you, need to, you need to focus on what others need that you have. See, a saved heart is one that wants to serve. Another term for serving God, one that's misunderstood by a lot of people, is the word ministry. When most people hear Ministry, they hear, uh, they, they think, they may think of a, uh, uh, you know, a pastor, a priest, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a leader in the church. But God says that every member of his family is a minister. You are all ministers. In the Bible, the words servant and minister are synonyms as our service and ministry. See, if you're a Christian, then you are a minister when you are serving. God has a ministry for you in his church and a mission for you in this world. And God wants to use this as you are serving. Because as you are serving others, you are ministering. See, serving is the opposite of our natural inclination in life. You know, as I mentioned, we like to focus attention on ourselves. Most of the time, we're interested in serve us more than service. <laughs> what do I mean by this? Well, many times we may use this statement, and I've heard this before. Well, I'm looking for a church that can meet my needs. <laughs> anyone, ever, anyone ever hear that before? Maybe you have said it before. I'm looking for a church that can meet my needs and seeing what it can do for me. How can this church serve me? And if you've ever said those words before, that's the wrong mindset. If you've heard someone else say it, that's the wrong mindset. That's the wrong heart. 
Because it isn't, it isn't what, 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 what this church can do for you, but what, what, what God has done in your life so that you can serve others. I always mention, when you walk through those doors, you make sure you have the right mindset. You make sure that you have the right motives when you walk through these doors. And you look around and you see what needs you can meet. And you look around and you go out of your way and tell someone, it is good to see you this morning. It's, an, it's so encouraging to see your face this morning. See, our mindset should be that I'm looking for a church where I can serve and I can be a blessing. I'm looking for that church. That's where I want to be. See, as we mature in Christ, the focus of our lives should increasingly shift to a life of service. And as we mature in him, we stop asking what's going to meet my needs and what can I do for someone else? See, at the end of our life here on earth, we will stand before God. We will all have to take account of what we did with our time here. Well, God, I did this and this for myself. God, I didn't have time for so-and-so. God, I was busy. You know how busy I am, God. I was working five jobs and, and, and doing all these things, and God, I just didn't have time. Now, I'd hate to sound mean this morning, but what do you think God's going to tell you? What do you think he's going to say? Do you think he's going to say, oh, you know what? Don't worry. I know you were busy. And I know that you didn't have time for everyone else. Come on in. Well done, good and faithful servants. To be honest with you, I don't think he'll say that. To be honest with you, I think he's looking for the individual who said, God, God, I spent all the time that I possibly could serving. I know, I know that, 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 that I, was, I was busy this day, but I know that you called me to be a servant. I know that you called me to serve. So you know what? I got out of my bed. I got out of my house and I went to go serve. And, and, and it wasn't, you know, I, I, I had a lot of other things going on, but I did this. I did this because you were calling me to do it. And, I would, and I've been serving in this ministry and I've been serving here faithfully for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, God. And I've been doing this because I'm so grateful for what you have done for me. I'm so appreciative of the life that you have given to me through a relationship with you. See, we must stop making excuses for our lack of involvement and start serving right where we are at. Not only do you matter, but you can make a difference in someone else. A man was walking down along the beach shore, saw a young boy throwing, throwing some things into the ocean. The man stops and says, boy, what are you doing? And he says, he says I'm throwing, I'm throwing these, these, uh, uh, these, these uh, starfish into the ocean. He says, why are you doing that? He says, well... The sun is up and the tide is going out. And if I don't throw them in, they'll die. 
The man said, son, don't you realize that there are miles and miles of beach? You can't possibly save them all. The boy picked up another starfish, threw it into the ocean and said, it made a difference for that one. It made a difference for that one. See, God has called you to make a difference and we need to understand our worth. Also, we need to walk closely with God. Walking closely with God, number one, in prayer. In Acts chapter 10, verse one through four, it says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion who, of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. See, the scripture uh, uh, clearly states and reports on the quality of the spiritual life of Cornelius. The Bible says that he was uh, he would pray to God always. He was close to God. He had a relationship with him. He apparently had a consistent, regular habit of walking with God and praying to him and expecting God to work in his life. Do you want to build your faith today? Be consistent in prayer. Be consistent in prayer and you will have your faith built. See, some may say, I just don't have any time to pray. I lead a busy life. However, it's interesting that in times of crisis, we find time to pray. Don't we? You see, if we only pray in the midst of crisis, we can develop the attitude that prayer is just a distress call to God. A remedy for, for overwhelming tragedy within our lives. Not only does this limit the amount or the time that we pray, but it also hurts the quality of our prayers. See, there's nothing wrong but with, with praying during a crisis. But if that's the only time that you seek God, then there is something seriously wrong. The Bible says that Cornelius was devout in his prayer life and he was recognized for his commitment and faithfulness. But not only walking closely with God in prayer, but also in hope. See, in these times that we are living in today, hope is crucial. The hope that this world is used to uh, is an unsure hope. You know, the hope that, you know, I, I hope that they reopen all of the businesses, right? It's, a, it's an unsure hope. You're not sure when it's going to happen. You know, I, I hope, I hope that we can go back to normal, whatever normal is. I know serving God, it's, it's, it's always, it's always uh, uh, just so hopeful uh, and, and always something to look forward to because we know that God is doing great things. But we're talking about the hope that the world tries to offer. It isn't anything that you can stand upon. The Bible speaks of a hope that is a definite hope, a confident hope. 
As Paul writes in Romans 12, 2, he says, rejoice in this confident hope. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, those who place their hope in the Lord will have their strength renewed. That's a promise to you guys. That's a promise to you and I, that when our hope is in the Lord, your strength will be renewed. So if you feel weak today, have your strength renewed in the Lord because of your hope in him. See, we have hope in the Lord that this is not the end. That Jesus has went to prepare a place for us. Paul writes in Philippians 1.6, the good work that God has begun in us will be completed. How many can say amen to that? Thank you, Jesus. God, what you have started, you are going to complete. Walking closely with God in prayer, in hope, and in obedience. See, in order to reach others and make a difference, you have to allow God to lead you. We can't do things our way. Yes, we have, uh, as I said, ambitions and goals and dreams, but we have to be flexible in allowing God to change our direction in life. God says, yes, I know you want to see this happen, but I got something different for you. And if you are not, and if you have not submitted and committed your life to Christ, then you are not going to follow because you already have your way of going about. And you say, that's good and all, but I know this is going to work. And so let me just do things my way. We need to be obedient. See, you won't make a significant eternal difference on your own. You need God's help. You need his help every step of the way. And the great thing is that he is here to help you. He is here to take every step with you. He is here to guide you. He is here to give you comfort and peace in, in every step that you take. He's here to do that. See, if you don't have that ongoing, personal, devotional, intimate time with God, the world is going to influence you. You're going to begin to listen to the lies of the enemy. However, if you're walking with God and obeying him, you will see that he gives you the strength to reach out to those who need God. He will use you to make a difference in other people's lives. Right now, more than ever, this world needs hope, peace, faith, love. Not the world's kind of love, but God's love. God's unconditional love. Love that, love that doesn't say, I will love you if you do this for me. What can I get out of this love relationship? No, God says, I love you regardless. I love you regardless. I love those who, who, who nailed my son's hands and feet to that cross. My son died for them too because I love them. See, this world needs to see Jesus. And it needs to see Jesus in you and I. You need to be the reflection of Jesus Christ here. How can God use your life to reflect 
Jesus's life? What things do you have to change in your life to reflect his life? What attitudes do you need to get rid of in your life so that you can model yourself after Jesus Christ? What goals and and ambitions in your life do you need to take a step from in order to follow God's will for your life? See, God is asking us to be that example of comfort, of joy, courage, love. Let God use you during these difficult times to bless someone else. Allow God to use your life this morning and every day forward to make a difference. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed.